0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Uh-huh.
1: On the side I started modeling, um, I started doing cheesy stuff like an hour handing out keychains at bars, you know, like Bud Light Girl or whatever. Then I'd get like Comic-Con, it was just kind of my experience in modeling. I would dress up as G.I. Jane, I was like $650 for the day, yes, and this is cool, and I met a few girls through doing that stuff, and one of them asked me if I wanted to submit my photo to go to a party at the Playboy Mansion,
2: and that's how it started. Holy shit. Today, we are sitting down with Crystal Hefner. You probably know her. She is the widow of Playboy founder Hugh Hefner. She is also an author, the author of Only Say Good Things, where she offers a raw, unflinching look at the behind the scenes of the Playboy Mansion. She talks about misogyny, her stolen young adulthood, and her journey to finding internal validation. In this episode, she is raw and open. I found her to be very self aware with a lot of clarity. And I think this gives you a really rare look into the final days of one of the most influential men of the 20th century. Today, on this episode, we're discussing her story from her perspective how she got involved with Playboy, how she became a wife of the infamous Hugh Hefner, her treatment at the Playboy Mansion, her treatment from the Playboy bunnies at the mansion, how she got along with the other playmates, how she's healing, and the power behind Playboy. Her book is phenomenal. I've been reading it. You know that if you're in my broadcast channel on Instagram. And I think that you're really going to be blown away at this episode. Crystal Hefner, welcome to The Him and Her Show.
0: This is the Skinny Confidential Him and Her.
2: I have wanted to interview you, for so long. I feel like I've gone through six different facets. I think if you check your DMs, there's a couple from me over the years. Yeah. And then I might have talked to your PR. I think I like tried to go through one of your friends. I've just really wanted to interview you because your story is wild. The whole story. I'm so excited to read your book. I've pre-ordered it. Thank you. Yeah. I can't wait. And what I think is so interesting is you just told me off air that you're not just, like, telling one part of your story. You're telling the whole story to give context to why you made certain decisions.
1: Yes. I think that's very, very important.
2: If you go way back to when you were young, what was your childhood like before any of this fame, fortune, meeting one of the biggest playboys, literally and figuratively, (laughs) in the world?
1: It was hard. And I think talking about that is important being at the mansion and part of that whole process for me was not really knowing who I was. And because of that, it was kind of dictated for me by Hef. So I think it's important to talk about, you know, I lost my dad when I was young. He was my best friend, and I'm sure people can like say what they want about that. But yeah, my parents came with me from England and we lived in San Diego. Uh, My dad was a singer. But they came here with no green cards, so it was a struggle. We struggled, and it w- it was hard. And after losing my dad, it it got harder with just my mom, you know, single mom, illegally in a country, no green card. So she did what she could, and she ended up being a real estate agent and be a broker and becoming successful. But we did go through, you know, hard times.
0: And how old were you when you lost your father? Twelve that's really young and also you've that's a you spent a lot of time with them it's not it's young but it's not so young that you didn't get a lot of time with them I mean like losing a a parent at 12 years old it's got to be devastating
1: yeah yeah It, it, it was you know I was old enough to remember a lot of things about him but you know it's still young you know you don't really know how to grieve or go through any of that so
2: I think it's also too hard for the other parent to know what to do in that circumstance. Like, I'm sure it was hard for your mom to, like, know how to handle that for you.
1: Yeah, it was really hard for her. She would cry a lot, and I felt that I had to be the parent. You know, snap out of it. (laughs) Tough love. Like, stop crying. I just try to, like, help her through, like, with tough love. And and here I am, this little child, so— you know, she got through it, and now we're, you know, now
0: we're good. And no siblings?
1: I have two older sisters. They're much older than me.
0: Okay. And were they in the house when your father passed?
1: Uh, they had lived out of the house by then. Okay. So my mom is from England, as I mentioned earlier, and she had my sisters when she was 16 and 18. So wow. in England, back then, you finish school at 16. So you either, if you have enough money, you go to college or, you know, you just start a family. So she had them young. Met my dad when they were two and four. Her husband was really abusive. Where in San Diego? I started off in Imperial Beach, okay, which is like right by the border.
0: We, we grew up in San Diego. Like yeah, that's
1: why I to Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so we moved to Imperial Beach because it was like the most affordable by the ocean. And then bad things were happening. Like people washed up, like trying hiding, hiding, trying to cross the border. like dead and so and then my dad kept getting arrested because he had darker skin when he would be in the sun they would tell him like knock off the phony accent and he would they would think he was Mexican trying to I don't know cross the border or something so then we moved up to Chula Vista and then my dad passed away and then we moved up to La Jolla Village area I had a stepdad for a while that was awful it's in the book but I was lucky to have gone to La Jolla High School so I went to La Jolla High School, great school, San Diego
2: State. Yeah, so and, did I. Um, really? Yeah, you I guys went were San probably Diego there State. at the
0: same time. I went, I went to San to Diego because you, you
2: went to San Diego State. I did not know that, and I've been best friends with you since I was twelve. Are you that's sure you went to San Diego State? I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's fake news.
0: I don't know if you were hanging out with Lauren and Crystal. You might have been in a different crowd at that time. But
2: I don't think he went to I San was, Diego State. It was two thousand to two thousand and four. I was running off to bartend though. I wasn't on campus ever. I wasn't either. Yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. overall of like the fun after high school. Two ships
0: passing in the, we in the night. We were two ships
2: passing in the night. I was not like into the fraternity. It was like such a big sorority fraternity situation. I hated all of it. Yeah, I wanted to blow my head off. <laughs> Especially being introverted. It's like it's, oh. Yeah, I think I love, like the school was like good to go to school there. Mm-hmm. It was nice. It was beautiful. But I think it was definitely for someone who really wanted to get into Greek life. The yeah, Greek school. yeah, it's hard. Sorry to anyone who's like about to go there that people doesn't are like it. People punching America. the air right now
0: that yeah. are into just for, I mean,
1: just for me, it, it's, it's hard. But, you know, I think my little college boyfriend, he played hockey. So he would sneak in all the alcohol for the Greek people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we were innocent then.
2: I don't really believe that Taylor went to San Diego State, but that was a good talking point, Taylor. With your stepdad, why was that hard? Because you felt like he was replacing your dad or just he wasn't a good guy? He wasn't a good guy I think because we had nothing
1: and at that time I don't know he he drove a Mercedes and he lived in a townhouse like <laughs> you know we thought he was rich <laughs> like wow um yeah I just felt he had a daughter I was like second rate to the daughter and um yeah he just that was my first experience seeing a Playboy magazine so your first Very, experience seeing a Playboy, Playboy magazine, magazine. He had tons they filled his office so yeah
2: he sounds like a, oh, a real winner he has an office full of playboy
1: <laughs> no at the time i didn't like
2: put it together i'm like this guy is just a
1: total perv <laughs> like i didn't i didn't think of it then but then I, I i had opened some of them and i just thought like wow these women are powerful
2: they are powerful. I, I love a Playboy magazine. Famous.
0: They're they,
2: they, listen. I love a Playboy magazine. I've just never heard of a guy having an office full of them. Besides, Taylor. Well, guys
0: used to collect them, and they used to collect Oh, I didn't issues. know. Th-
1: okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so there's so many things. that's just now. <laughs> yeah, they, they used to collect them because the articles were good. Or no, they, they, oh, the you articles. Could, you could look for the the bunny logo on the cover, like so every issue, like. Oh, I got the issue to find where the rabbit is or the article. Well, our producer the- our
2: producer watches porn for the artistic aspect. No. I like the
0: story.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's like reading Playboy for the articles, right?
0: No, but I, I, I think like it was different than like other magazines maybe like Penthouse stuff like that because like what it was built on like cool articles with the women, right? Like wasn't that how it started? Obviously it was about a lot of the imagery too, but wasn't like there was an aspect of like a lot of guys aspire to be like, oh, I could be a Playboy if I read this thing, right? Isn't that what it was?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things with that. So, yeah, it's a, it, I guess it was tasteful. Other publications mm-hmm. that would catch like celebrities, topless or sure. something, would post, and Playboy wouldn't necessarily do that. They also, yeah, there was a lifestyle. So Hef, I think it's based on the kind of older films where they had like the smoking jackets with the lapels and. It's, it was like a lifestyle, and he became like Mr. Playboy himself. And I think products came out, and yeah, people to be cool and sophisticated. It was like a
2: part of it. So, how does one go to, from San Diego State to the Playboy Mansion? Like, what is the in between? So weird. right? Uh, it, well, I, I mean, <laughs> yes and no. Like, it's it's not so far from LA. You're beautiful you're blonde, like you check all these beautiful boxes. I know that he was very particular. So I'm not like, I just want to know like, how are you, how do you even get to the mansion?
1: Well, I was studying psychology and I thought that I have enough of my own problems. (laughs) I don't know if I can be a psychologist or have like a nine to five thing. And on the side, I started modeling. I started doing cheesy stuff, like $25 an hour, handing out keychains at bars, you know, like bud light girl or whatever Uh, but 25 an hour was you know decent then and then i'd get like comic-con so you guys are familiar with all the stuff because i used used to
0: live right on front street you know where richard walker's pancake house is you know those two little buildings that look like two little green twins yeah i used to live in that like that was like right when i got out of school i came there and we used to run around downtown all the time okay in the day so yeah Yeah, like seaport village Uh uh-huh exactly Very cool. Yeah, yeah. and and Comic-Con was huge down there. It was like, they shut down the street down there. So when you're at
2: Comic-Con, is someone approach you
1: about Playboy? No, so it was just kind of my experience in modeling. I would dress up as G.I. Jane. I was like, $650 for the day, yes, and this is cool. And I met a few girls through doing that stuff. And one of them asked me if I wanted to submit my photo to go to a party at the Playboy Mansion. And that's how it started.
2: It's so interesting, though, because he, to me, seemed like he was so detail-oriented. So for you to send your picture in to get to be married to him, like, that's a, there's a whole lot of story in between there. Yes. So when you submit your photo, was he the one that was looking at it? Or was it Mary, the girl we saw on (laughs) Girls Next Door? Like, who is looking at these photos saying yes or no? There's
1: like a whole office of people that are just dedicated at that point just dedicated to finding girls for parties there's rolodex of of girls they would just go through so what happened was on the back end they all go through the these submissions and based on what they think Hef likes which is crazy they pick these girls and i didn't think i'd ever get picked honestly but i did get picked And once the girls go up there, they take a Polaroid of you, like the parking garage, basically. And those are the photos that Hef sees once you've already come to the party. And then This is
0: just to get into the party? Just to get into the party. Nothing, it's just, just to have access to the party? Just to
1: have access, you have to submit your photos, you have to get approved, and then you have to go up to where these shuttles take you to the house. And in the garage, they... Take a polaroid of you, and then I I learned all those go to Hef. So you still go to the party, but then after that you're getting raided by Hef. It's like A B C
0: D. And you've already been raided.
2: No, but yeah, I don't. No. I didn't know about this.
0: Uh, no, but I'm saying you've already been rated no, Hef, to get into the party, is, and then you get another raiding. Gets
2: the polaroids. Then Hef is taking the polaroids and rating them. Is that correct? Yes.
0: But I'm saying even to get the Polaroid, you have to first be rated by the other group and then you yes. get in Yes, oh there, yeah, yeah. You yeah. So have it's to like be. a double betting process. Yeah. yeah,
2: so
1: after the party, Hef has all these Polaroids of like a fresh batch of women and he rates them A, B, C, D. So those all go into the Rolodex. They're like little drawers that pull out in these offices with all the Polaroids of the girls. And for things in the future, like fun in the sun or other parties that they have the mansion, they will pull out the A drawer first. And all those girls will get invited, whoever have rated A. And then they'll go to the Bs. And then depending on who can come or can't come, then they'll go to the Cs and the Ds.
0: And let me ask you this: <laughs> That's how it worked. the <laughs> The draw or the appeal for you at that time? were you like, oh, I'm just going to casually submit if I get invited, great. Or is it like, is, I it, get
2: it, I get it. When I was when I was that age in college, like you're like you're having fun. Like I, I mean, I no, would have no, loved get, to go I play. I get. But mansion. I'm saying
0: is like, is this something you're aware of, or you don't know about this process at the time? Like, or is it like, does, do, is there like competition to do this, or do you you just you don't even know this process is taking place?
1: I had no idea. Okay. I had no idea when I later on when I met the group that did the rating system. I asked, you know, how did those first photos? And they had me as a 10. It's like, wow. So you were an A, obviously. Yeah.
2: So Hugh picks you as an A.
1: Yeah. So I go to the party. That's where I meet Hef. I meet him at the party. This is before the Polaroid or like, I didn't realize I was an A on the Polaroid until I stayed for the weekend. He has a little box that the picture is in of the girls who are staying there in case he forgets what we look like. And that's when I saw my A.
0: Got <laughs> really built a life.
2: I know. Oh. It's so weird. <laughs> it's cult. It's cult. It is. It's cult. It is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like cult. Yeah, it is. It's a modern day <laughs> cult. It is. It, it's. Uh, from what I've perceived, I've, I've read the books. I've listened to the podcast. This is my own opinion. He created to me like a harem of competition, and he would use his soldiers of women against each other to create chaos and he would step back as the hero. <laughs> like I feel like he read like a hundred books on power. There' was, like there's it's so deep, I feel like people just think like, oh, it's a guy that like it's with young women. There's so much more to the manipulation. Like, looking back, you must feel like that.
1: I think, looking back, I realized this was a time before. It's a time before you could just be an Instagram model. It was before. You had leverage. So many things. You couldn't create a podcast. You couldn't do other things. You couldn't.
0: There's gatekeepers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gatekeepers. Yep.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like I always say this on this show. There's a lot of young listeners, then there's also listeners that are our age and older. And I feel like we are the cusp generation that grew up without all of these things, but then got them like right around our 20s. Right. That's when they'd all kind of like... Yeah. But there was like this whole life before that where none of these things existed, to your point. Like you couldn't... You didn't have any of your own leverage. right? You yeah. had to get basically permission from people in power to be seen on certain platforms.
1: Yeah. I I completely agree with that because I there was this woman when Instagram was getting big and models were getting big on their own, she said to me, This is so cool. Now women can have the power without like a rich old white man making the decisions. And then she's like, Oh sorry. <laughs> And that was that was me, you know. When I I saw the Playboy magazines and knew of of that, it's like this whole life that it's like power and fame and fortune and all these like, you know, I could I could be somebody.
0: Yeah, because now <laughs> women are able to do m- women and men are able to do it without having to get on a publication like a Playboy or a whatever. Because yeah. you can just do it from your phone. Not that it's easy, but. You know, you you can do it without somebody in between. You just immediately, like, if you have the talent or the reach or whatever, you can get seen. Yeah, of absolutely. This show. I mean, like, we didn't need a radio company to start this show or some network. Like, we literally just started doing it out of our living room.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. What do you think made you so sparkly to Heath? Like, you, I mean, you're beautiful, yes. But, like, you, as you said, there's all these beautiful women. He has his pick. There's something about you that he was, there was a magnet So what was that?
1: (sighs) Honestly, I think there's a photo of this in the book. But I'm just standing at the ropes. (laughs) And I'm this blonde girl with these, like, big old implants that I'd got at this, that just before then. I think that was the factor of, like, come on in. Literally, based on appearance, purely. I think until we started talking, I was shy and... Oh, we started talking about college. You know, I hear that he likes when a girl says they're in college. <laughs> because I'm like he he said, "Oh, what do you do?" and I'm like, "Oh, no, like I don't have a job. What what do I say?" Like I mod, modeling, but not like a real job. Like I felt just not worthy to be in his presence. But I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm finishing up at San Diego State." And then he's like, "Oh. You know, I went to University of Illinois. What are you studying?" And psychology and we
2: started connecting that way. I am so into cowboy boots since moving to Austin. I just think they're so cute and classic and they don't go to style. And the ones that I got are very specific. They're under the knee. They're black. I wanted them to be super flattering and also comfortable. And I was recommended by my friend, Emily, who's also a stylist, to check out Tacova's. And these are the absolute perfect boot. I like to tuck my light jeans into them. It really like lengthens the leg. Or I like to wear them with like a black legging and just like an off-the-shoulder black top. They're so, so cute. The ones that I got per Emily's recommendation are called the Abbey. They have them in all different colors, but I got the black. It's called Midnight. I also think the snow are really cute. They're white. And they're just a classic cowboy boot. If you want to go into Takova too, it's like a whole experience. You're offered a boot shine, which is amazing, and a drink. Even if you want hard stuff, they have hard stuff. You can even get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. Takova believes in Western for all, and they're Western to their core. You have to check them out. They're innovated on comfort, style, and service, and handmade from the most premium leather. If you can't make it in-store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com, That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. There is nothing that I love more than a crisp beer. But you know what I love even more than that? Heineken Zero Zero.
0: Lauren and I are doing dry January, maybe even dry February, but we have a very difficult time giving up the taste of some of our favorite drinks. Heineken Zero Zero is here to save us and make us feel like we're still able to participate drinking our favorite drinks, but without the alcohol sticking to our goals.
2: That's right. It's an alcohol-free option to the original Heineken that you love. So it has 100% taste, but 0.0% alcohol. It's really, really perfect for all the times where you want a beer, but you can't have a beer. So like the other day, I went for a workout. I came home. I made a taco plate, and I opened a Heineken Zero Zero, and it just was so nice to have a taco and then have a beer with it. I feel like they just go together. Maybe you want to do it after a work presentation. Maybe you want to get everyone on your team hyped up with a little Heineken zero
0: zero. Our producer Carson has sucked down about four of these just on this read alone. (laughs) So if you've kicked off the new year right, and you decided to do dry January, or even dry February, and you want to still enjoy that beer taste, check out Heineken 00. It's going to help you stick to your goals. It's going to help you feel like you're still participating in the fun, and it's going to taste great as well. Heineken 00.
2: It's also such a good alternative to juice, soda, sparkling water, and it just pairs really well with food, let me tell you. Heineken 00, 100% taste, 0.0% alcohol, and guess what? There is only 69 calories Now you can. Click the link in the show notes to buy now. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Please enjoy Heineken responsibly. This episode of The Him and Her Show is brought to you by Wild Green. There is one thing that I love that I will never give up. I'm currently tightening up. I'm eating a lot of protein, but I will not give up my piece of sourdough every single day. I have a slice of sourdough. Last night I did grass-fed butter with a little bit of raw honey on my piece of sourdough and my sourdough was from my Wild Grain box. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from Frozen subscription box for sourdough bread. They also have fresh pasta and pastries, even croissants. It gets delivered right to your door. Every item bakes from Frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. Zaza and I love, like I said, our nightly sourdough. So we just bake it. We put a little butter on it. It's absolutely delicious. The team sent me the most beautiful box. There's so many delicious goodies inside. I think everyone who listens to this show will appreciate this because you get all your carbs, all your delicious sourdough in a box straight to your door. Now you can fully customize your wild green box so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries that you like. If you want a box of all bread, all pasta, or all pastries, you can have it. Plus for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash skinny to start your subscription. You guys heard me free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash skinny. That's wildgrain.com slash skinny or use our promo code skinny at checkout. Looking back being 37 years old you've had a lot of life experience you're an entrepreneur you're doing your own thing you're writing your own book like if you're if you're giving you advice at that age do you think that his energy was predator or do you think that it was just like this is the playboy mansion and this is what he does like when you look back on that with all the wisdom that you have now what's your take
1: i think that so many people fed his ego and he had so many yes people around that to him it was all normal Like, hey, we're going to be here and we're going to do all the things that I want to do. But it's what everyone wants. He assumes like it's I want that. Everyone wants
0: that. It wasn't even just like the people around him, though, but it was the whole culture, too. I mean, they had the television show and they had all the you know, they would do all those events in Vegas them. Like what I think like a lot of people that are maybe younger listening there's like how could this ha-? like this could not happen now. This would be shut down in 2 seconds if I, <laughs> if I was rating people with cards, it would be like this guy's got to go. He's not going to last. But it's just a different time and I think to your point it wasn't I don't think it was just his internal people but it was like the whole culture, all of society was thumbs upping this and saying okay this is like this is fine.
1: Absolutely. And you had your big celebrities. Sure, you know, going to the parties you know, you had, there's a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger like flexing with a girl on like each arm. You know, I was told, you know, Arnold coming there all the time was a bit before my time, but I was told that Arnold would show up and they would go around like, oh, who wants to sleep with Arnold? And someone would be like, oh, I will, you know. It's crazy. <laughs>
2: crazy. To me, now that I look at it from an outside perspective as a mother, he seems like a gnarly narcissist. Like, one, I think one, I would say one of the biggest narcissists I've ever seen in, in my time.
1: Yeah, a very charming narcissist.
2: Yeah, which is the most dangerous.
1: Yeah, Charisma. They're, all, they're all charming,
2: right? Uh-huh. I wonder, I would be, I would love to read his real autobiography because I bet there's so much that happened to him to get to the point to be so narcissistic.
1: Did he never write anything?
2: I I've, I don't think I've read an autobiography by him.
1: I think everything written for him and about him was very favorable, right. to him.
2: Yeah, but it's not real. <laughs> you
1: no, know, I would I would ask him all the time questions about his childhood and how he grew up, and I understand from the things he's told me.
2: Like, you could understand how he could get to where he was. Absolutely. That's very, very mature and empathetic of you. Thank you. Yeah, that's evolved.
0: So when you're in this house with all of these people and there's all these, like, how much time do you guys actually get to spend together, just you and him? Or is it there's always people around?
1: There was always people around, which was hard for me being kind of introverted. (laughs) Um
0: it's not just like you and him at night going to bed in the yeah, house. Yeah,
1: yeah. It would be after we were married in 2012. Is that when we got married, yeah. Uh, 2012 at the end. Yeah, it would be just us. After movie night, of course, we'd go
2: up and it would be just us. Wait, tell us about movie night. Like there was like specific nights for specific things. Was that actually like really that serious?
1: Yeah. In the book, I say it was a cruise ship itinerary which absolutely
2: it was. What do you mean?
1: (laughs) Monday's manly night with the guys, Tuesday's dominoes, Wednesday's card night, Thursday's movie night, Friday's old movie, Saturday's old movie, Sunday's new movie from the theater.
2: Do you ever get to pick the movie? I did on
1: Thursday. And I would pick movies that like no one would like. Like the Little Mermaid again, <laughs> just to piss off all his friends because I'm just like, why are these people here, here all the time? It's like they're a country club for them, I guess.
0: So how do you—so maybe we skipped over this, but how do you <laughs> get to the point, where, okay, so you're there, and you get invited to the party, and then he's showing interest, and then at some point he decides like that he, he wants you to be his wife, and he's going to propose, <laughs> right? And— at that point with you in, in the age gap, like what there had to be obviously some kind of appeal and charm and a reason that you wanted to marry half, obviously, outside of just him being half. Like, did you guys actually fall in love or is this like how does that all work?
1: Because he was powerful and because even though it was kind of a twisted situation, like I did feel safe. What do you
0: mean by why do you think it was twisted? Just because of the because of who he was in the age gap or
1: I mean getting into it, like twisted because he's 60 years older because it's all about him my feelings don't really matter because sex was a group activity i mean there's like a lot of twisted
0: meaning like he would have to have the other women involved yeah other people were involved every time
1: yeah on it like <laughs> it got to the it got to the point where i would ask somebody specific to so like, oh, can you come up? Because I didn't want to do it by myself.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so, I guess, but that's what I'm asking. Like... I,
2: I actually have a question. Is it because you don't want to do it by yourself because you're, like, this old penis with balls to the knees? Like, I can't suck this flaccid limp dick? Or are you, like, do you want someone to come up because, like, you want to, like, be able to offset because you're, like, I'd way rather hook up with a girl than him? Or just because you're just, like you like what was the reasons I think it was because
1: I felt like oh like what am I like supposed to be just like the show by myself like this is awkward so (laughs) you can diffuse it
2: yeah I guess pressure but my question is is when you look back were you actually like like wanting to be with him like as a boyfriend or what did you like look to him more as like a friend and like then when you had to have sex you're like oh let's diffuse this situation
1: yeah this sex part was not enjoyable at all so ever no
2: it's so weird, though, because I feel like he, there, he's got to be like kind of good at sex to have all these women around him. No. No. No.
0: Well, that's that's disappointing.
2: Come on. Oh, no. see, that's the narcissism, though. That's the narcissism because but, but, he think he probably thought okay. he was king of the castle King Kong at sex and he's not even good at sex. Well, because everyone's telling
1: him that he is. So everyone's telling him everything he wants to hear. So wouldn't that mess? I mean, that would
0: mess with. Well, of course, if you're just like sitting there and everyone around you saying how great you are and you're like, I believe this and then... You no, know, are but, you
2: questioning but, the sex we had this morning? Are you like, like does minute, Lauren really hey, listen, like the sex? You'll never know. Uh, if well, I had a friend to diffuse the sex, sometimes that might help me out. I'm sometimes tired. <laughs>
0: okay, let's talk right, well, about it. No, it's kind of
2: nice. It's like, oh, but I guess this.
0: when you're so when you're there and you have this access and you decide, like, what is the end reason why you decided, okay, I'm going to marry this person? Like, if you, if, the, if, <sighs> and again, if the sex wasn't good and if, if I don't know, if the love connection was there, like, uh, at what, what, kind of like headspace were you in? Where you said, okay, I'm going to do this.
2: It sounds like he provided some type of security yeah I, f- I felt safe there I felt
1: like it was somewhere I belonged I felt really like wanted at that point I felt needed I felt sorry for him yeah he was getting older it wasn't like an actual proposal where he got down on his knee and asked me he just kind of gave me a ring I'm like oh I guess I guess we're doing this I'm here and let's do it It. You know, maybe part of his PR thing is he wants the chapter to be wrapped up, just gets married, the end, you know, it was the final chapters of his life.
2: Was there anything that you liked about being around him, like you look back fondly on?
1: I feel like he taught me, taught me a lot. He was very smart. He had a high IQ. Yeah. He was always like writing notes and... It has, like, little quirks and things that I remember and some habits that I've picked up. So, yeah. He
2: he loves scrapbooking, huh? Yes. Did he make you scrapbook or did he scrapbook himself? So, he has 3,000 scrapbooks. We have them stored
1: in a vault. And he would go up every week and he had a few employees that worked up in the scrapbooks, scrapbook
0: room. Only job is scrapbooking for him. Only job. Wow,
1: there was like scrapbook department, video department. There's a lot of departments, but he they would kind of lay it out for him, and he would do all the captions. And as a way to kind of connect with him, I asked him, you know, do you want me to come up with you and I'll take some photos of the stuff from the scrapbooks and we'll post it on Instagram. And so we would do that hashtag Scrapbook Saturday post some photos but those have all been taken down now since everything me too and you know down to the little details of you know be like playing backgammon and then like a few people in there we don't really know the names so i don't want to like have women in there where they're just nameless you know that's you know i don't think that's fair so we just took it all down
2: when you're Doing all of this is the show Girls Next Door. Like, what's the timeline? Has it already been on? Like, when you were coming in, are you are you getting a vibe from the girls who are already there? What's the crossover of that?
1: Okay, so the show was in two thousand and nine. It was early on when I was there. That what we were talking about now is like after like the weddings, like two thousand twelve. So two thousand nine we were told that we would be filming the girls next door. So basically it was swapping out Holly, Bridget, and Kendra, and then it would be me and the twins that were there, Christina and Carissa. And I I don't know how I felt about it. I talk about it in the book where it was kind of dictated to me what I would do and how I would behave. It wasn't a fun experience. I don't think Holly, Bridget, and Kendra were happy that they were replaced. It would have been cool for the show to follow them in their new lives, but yeah, I didn't go past season six.
2: And when you came into the mansion with the twins, were those three girls living there or had they already transitioned out?
1: I remember Holly's shoes were under the sink in the master bedroom. I think they were still transitioning out.
2: And what was that like awkward?
1: I felt insecure at the time because they had been, you know, on TV all this time and obviously know the mansion inside and out. And I, I'm insecure. I'm, you know, young and just kind of, you know, feel like an idiot or like I'm in in their turf. But, you know, over the years that changed.
0: Is it a nice environment in there with the other women or is it a catty environment where people are like competing to get attention or, or do people get along? It seems like, a, I mean, I think the reason I'm interested, this seems like such a strange environment to live in every it's day. Like,
2: it's like, a, like a Alice in Wonderland or something.
0: And you're worried because there's older women, not to say older, but older than new women that are going out and then you're coming in and I'm sure there's other women trying to come in. And it's like this <laughs> whole, like, it's a game. Well, it's it's like so interesting Hill, that you know? say
2: that you were insecure because here you are picked as a 10 or an A on the Polaroid. <laughs> you say, you know. You have these big boobs, this blonde hair, and he's so attracted to you, but yet you're saying you're insecure, which is so crazy.
1: Most of the, you know, beautiful women I've met are insecure. Why? The best looking people are the most
2: insecure. Why is that? I've noticed that too. Why?
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I would see women come up and, you know, everyone's in bikinis and things and have the most perfect bodies that I, you know, would kill to have and they would- Go and get butt injections, implants, boob Food th- stuff, nose, everything.
0: I think it's because for men and women that are blessed with those kind of looks is a lot of the times other qualities whether it's your intellect or your sense of humor or or you know something that has to do with something other things than the mo- than the, the way you look get overlooked right and so you're just validated for the way you look and over time that becomes people's identity there's probably a lot of people that are listening to say, oh like boo hoo for the good looking people but yeah. In a way, it's like you have all these people that instead of judging you on anything else, it's just like, oh, there's the pretty person or there's the handsome person or whatever. And it kind of it, it starts to form your identity. And so you start to think, okay, if that goes away, then do I have any value?
1: Yeah, I, completely. And also pressure, pressure to stay that way. So sure. I think that's why they might do these procedures.
2: I mean, I think when, you, when there's been such an emphasis on your looks for so, for so long and the looks go, that's got to be a mind fuck.
0: It's been a real challenge for me in my life. Oh, well.
2: <laughs> Someone did tell me when I was bartending. I told you this. I was 21 years old and that bartending. Went right over your head, Lauren. No, it right didn't. Over. It didn't go over my head. We get it. I'm bartending and like bending over the bar and like showing some tit and like you know flirting with guys. And my friend goes, "You better find something other than your looks to lead with, because they're gonna go." And I was oh. like, "Whoa, they do go they and do. fast. They do go." And you know what? I think that's a very good lesson. Everyone should find something more than their looks because it does go. and and if you're basing your entire existence off that, that's a really hard pill to swallow.
1: It's really, really hard, yeah. <laughs> the last handful of years with my therapist, you know, I'm <laughs> only doing stuff that doesn't involve looks. <laughs> so because I had, like the Instagram a thing that's how my instagram started and that's how i got to so many followers it's and then and i'm like okay now it's just going to be the real me who i am like i don't even like that stuff i didn't even like those photos when i took them editing them it's like i was contributing to t- the toxic culture and so now it's it's changed i don't you can't even find a bathing suit picture of me on there and all the things i'm doing now are not related to my look
0: well, it's it's probably challenging. I t- I have two younger sisters. And, I, and, you know, I understand putting up the certain kinds of photos that are going to get attention on Instagram. Right? I get it. Yeah. I get it. But I will say that it's like you can't it, – it's difficult to position because sometimes then people will get upset about only getting attention for that kind of thing, and then they'll try to change. i like, it's this weird dichotomy where you get a ton of attention for doing that, but then you start to be like, well, I don't, this is not really the kind of attention I want.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's – but – it, I think it puts specifically women in a very difficult position because you're getting validated for something that may that is good for an initial boost but may but you may not want in the long run, right? And then it's hard to transition out of that and, and, and move into other fields,
1: yeah, I completely agree.
0: people sometimes get upset from me saying stuff like that, but it's it's true. it's like the the stuff that gets you the initial tension is maybe something that you wouldn't want attention for later,
1: yeah, I agree.
0: If there is a theme of this show, if there is a theme to Lauren and I's lives, if there is a theme that I am trying to pass on to everyone that listens, it is the theme of breaking the status quo, doing things differently, shooting out on your own path without regard to what everybody else thinks. Even if you look at this podcast, this has been nothing but breaking status quos and doing things differently, which is what has led to so much personal success and fulfillment in our lives. And you know who else has broken the status quo? Harry's. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided to do something better. Instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found their own way to make beautiful design razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices, that's Harry's. My favorite set from them is the Winston set. It comes with a razor and a shave gel. I use this all the time. While I don't go clean shaven all the time, I use it on the top of my face. One little trick out there for the guys, if you want to exfoliate and have clear skin and look great shave and use Harry's Winston set like I do. I love that I know that it's going to work. I love that it's going to be effective, but they have so much more than just shave products. They have face care, body care, hair care. They have all sorts of accessories. They have all sorts of different bundles and subscriptions that make it easy to shop. And Harry's of course has an unbelievable value. High customer satisfaction included yours truly. And of course, we have a special offer for anyone that's listening to our show. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at com slash skinny. That's com slash skinny for a $3 trial set.
2: There are two things that I drink every single day. And I mean every single day. And one of them is a beauty matcha. And it's really helped me tighten up. I'm going to tell you about it in a second. And the other thing is Cranberry Hydration Elixir. And they're both by Chroma. I was introduced to Chroma by the founder, Lisa. She came on the podcast. And she gave me the best hack. She's like, Lauren, I have this beauty matcha. I put two scoops of the matcha, which equals 10 grams of protein. I froth it up and then I pour hot water on top and put ice in it. I have this every single day is like my second coffee, quote unquote. I like my coffee in the morning and my matcha in the afternoon and their beauty matcha is the best, especially if you are trying to tighten up because it has that protein in it. So it keeps you really satiated. You should also know that Chroma has the most amazing cleanse. They have like a reset program that really helps you get on track And you don't feel hungry when you're on their cleanse. I've done it many times and it just feels like normal. And it's also so delicious. So definitely check out Chroma's 5-Day Reset if you want to just get back on track. Reserve your 5-Day Reset now to take advantage of free shipping until the end of the month of January. Chroma is also offering an exclusive 15% discount for all him and her listeners. Go to chromawellness.com and enter code SKINNY at checkout. That's chromawellness.com, code SKINNY.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online, whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand. Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your own terms. Lauren and I cannot be more excited to talk to you guys about Squarespace. If there are any two people that could not be greater advocates of owning your own brand online, whether that's an e-com site, a blog, a newsletter, a podcast, whatever it may be, we are the advocates. It is so important to really own whatever you can these days. And if you can do it with your own personal brand or your own company, all the better. Squarespace makes that process easy. If you're looking to build a website and you don't want to go out and hire a bunch of different web developers and spend a ton of money and spend a ton of time vetting through who can do it for you, Squarespace has the answer. If you want to create an online store and start selling products that you've come up with online, Squarespace has the answer. You can host email campaigns. You can host video content. You can do everything. You can use blogging tools. It is great for anyone, and I mean anyone that's looking to build an online presence, an online company, an online brand, whether you want to produce content, sell a product, it's got something for everybody. So if you're ready to take the leap and start building your own thing online, head over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash skinny to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash skinny to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain using code skinny.
2: Were you with Hef when he passed away or did you guys separate before that? What was the timeline on that?
1: I was there for a decade. So I was
2: there.
0: Wow, yeah. that's a long time.
1: It's interesting because pe- people don't realize that Bec- just because we weren't super public only in the first few years. Yeah, I was there for
0: a decade. It was it 2010 to like 20? When did he pass? I was there 2008 to 2018. If
2: he was sure. still alive today, do you think you would still be with him? He'd be 97. I don't know. You, you can't look back and answer that, I guess.
1: I don't know. I know when I was there, I was, I would think
2: like, oh, okay. Like when happens
1: this age, I'll be this age.
2: Well, how long did it take you to step outside and observe everything you went through? Was that something that was happening as he was dying or did, did it take time for you to step outside of the picture to see the full landscape?
1: It took a while being away yeah, to really understand. It took me trying to navigate dating relationships where i'm like oh, okay this way that i'm behaving is really not normal and it's like the things i've learned like have rewarded me for being codependent he rewarded me for just being with him all the time rewarded um, how just i guess <laughs> like a puppy like praise and you're, you're the best and all the things and like, for
0: a lot of verbal validation <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm doing something right. Like, how awkward. But learning that, okay, you know, they have their thing they do, I have my thing I do, and then we come together, and it's healthy. Like, <laughs> The relationship stuff has been hard. Yeah, I've been in therapy
2: for five years. When you transitioned and half passed, And you decided that you didn't want to share the things you were sharing on Instagram. What did that look like? Was that like a strategic thing or did it happen naturally?
1: It wasn't who I was and I didn't feel good with any of that stuff. I never did. I hated all of it. I hated all the stupid outfits for the parties. I hated heels. I hated being in bathing suits or people commenting gross stuff on my pictures. Like, why? Why am I putting my body on display? Like, I don't need to do that. For what? If you For reflected
0: who? back and thought, why? Like, why put yourself through all that if you hated I it? I think
1: to be thinking, to be accepted. That's what Heff wants. That's what society wants. That's what's expected of me, I guess. But now I'm like, you know, dress like a grandma. No offense to grandmas, but.
0: Grandma's out there pissed. (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: When I decided I wanted to do an explant, you were one of the people that I went to their page. And you've been really open about your journey. I would love for you to talk about that, why you decided to do that, what symptoms you were experiencing, and if you feel better now.
1: Thank you. I think helping people through what I went through with the explant has been like one of the best things ever. So I appreciate you mentioning it, bringing it up. When I was at the mansion, Hef was older at this, this time, I noticed there was like mold at the mansion, and I got diagnosed with Lyme disease. And I just, every symptom, just not feeling well all the time. And then somebody had commented on my page about breast implant illness. And at the time, I had no idea what that meant. And so I did what research I could there was a Facebook group. This woman named Nicole, she had a Facebook group. And at the time, it was kind of gaining momentum of people that were sick. And there was a website, healingbreastimplantillness.com. It's still around if anyone wants to go to that. Uh, my symptoms matched with pretty much everything on the site. And I just got worse and worse and worse. What symptoms? Oh, Everything. Brain fog. I knew I had the words, but I just couldn't. I couldn't, like, grab them from my brain. My whole body was, like, burning and on fire. I was tired. I was just canceling stuff left and right. I'm like, why am I so lazy? Fibromyalgia. like just, everything's just hurting. I'm not, like, I would like to hear kind of what you went through. I would get uh, different types of rashes and weird things happening to me. And at the time... There were two doctors who did explants, both women. And one was in Ohio. I think the other one was in Florida. And I'd heard that Yolanda Hadid had just gotten hers taken out. And so I scheduled with the same woman that took hers out.
2: Dr. Fang. Dr. Fang, yeah.
1: Lu Jing Fang. She's in uh, Pepper Pike, Ohio. Yeah. She is incredible. She does what's called a like a total capsulectomy or an end block She has like open heart surgery tools. She's like in there scraping the shell off of my ribs. Implants are gross. You know, there's there's so many chemicals in them that are not <laughs> natural at all. Like if it do, doesn't come from the earth or if it's like, you know, why are we putting it in our body? I don't, I don't know. And it's sad. And I know people who are sick that still have their implants and they're like, I can't take them out.
2: I can't. You have them and you have these big boobs and then they almost become sort of like an identity.
1: They do become an identity, but I think part of removing them was me kind of like, I don't, that's not me. I don't want to carry around these like heavy boobs. It sucked.
2: You know, like. So getting, heavy. How many em- cc's did you have? I had 400 cc's. They were very big. I
1: think around there, like 400 or 425, something like
2: that, so you had but, big ones like i had the big boobs
1: yeah i never had a say the doctor just put them in and
0: um, what do you mean you never had a say like you like did did you did I, you get these before you went to the yeah meeting? i did okay.
1: i did but, but you said, just made
0: the judgment call yeah on like what size okay
1: it was big but i remember and looking at the photos in the back in the day i'm like i look like a sex doll from china like it's yeah it's embarrassing almost like a like props they, they were like, like it was like props for me it was almost like I could hide behind my insecurity and I think women
2: st- like kind of use it as a shield um, that's interesting like sometimes how people put their hair in front of their face instead of like pull it out it's kind of like a shield like that that makes sense to
1: be avoid avoid being like vulnerable or yourself or you have this like you know I have this <laughs> it's, like, it's it's interesting but when I came out of surgery my lungs felt twice the size like whoa I can breathe my pain in my neck instantly went away I'm like wow this is just it's the first time I had surgery where you know you wake up better instead of and I was I was happy and after then it's like I do not give a shit I'm like if anyone like me the way I am and if you don't then bye like that's that's just how I feel now
2: and you opened up about your fat transfer experience. And can you talk about why you did that, what your experience was, and then you said after that you were done And from what yes. I read on your Instagram? Yes. Things are still like <laughs> scars and
1: didn't go so well, but I don't care anymore. To be honest,
0: um, I'm not, I think the scars are kind of cool. I'm not just saying that. I think it's just a kind of unique.
1: Scars show what you've been through.
0: Well, and also she—you mentioned all those symptoms. She had a lot of similar stuff, and for the longest time, we we both—we'd known each other for so long. I was like, yeah. I, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, we couldn't figure it out, right? And I, when I picked her up from the surgery, I thought she was going to be all out of it and all upset, and she was so happy and all those things. She was like, "Well, wow, I can." That was the first thing you said. It's like I can breathe. Wow, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy
2: how you can breathe.
0: And she was yeah. like happy, and I thought she was going to go home and be down, and she, yeah. she just all this energy. Yeah,
2: it almost feels like relief. Yeah, yeah it does. <sighs> It well, um, it's it's like, imagine having a weight hanging off your dick <laughs> for no for eighteen years. A weight's hanging off your dick, and the, then they
0: remove the weight. Well, it's a, it's a crazy concept. I think a lot of you know people listening. That's like for me, it would always when she went. So she had two, right? Or you went the?
2: I had two boob jobs.
0: Well, the first she got it redone, and the second time was so big,
2: big, big, big. big. And I Too I big. remember
0: just thinking like, how are you gonna like? What's your posture gonna be like? Because there's no way you can have you know you're constantly getting pulled forward from the top.
2: Yeah. did you
1: just wanted it to be redone?
2: I, I had them when I was eighteen, and then I got I had them redone because it was like ten years later. And I had great doctors, and it was a really great experience. I just noticed things like I was sensitive to light, yeah. really sensitive. like when someone turned on the light, I was like, "Why the fuck do you? I was like pissed.
0: I'll just like turn the light on in the morning to wake up and just... <laughs>
2: or uh, sensitive to smell. Yeah, that one's still going
0: away for me. Rashes?
2: Rashes. Just like things that I was like, but I, I started to, it also, this is so weird. I've never said this on air, but it like, there's something about it that is off. It lowers your frequency. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm like vibrating. I know that's like very like woo woo, but I feel like I'm vibrating at a different frequency without having something on my heart and my chest. But- and it was also weird, like to hug my kids without having something blocking that yeah it's very weird it's it's a the problem is it's such a weird experience to get them out like you there's not a lot of people to talk to about it you
0: know what i may be ignorant to this but what i found strange is she kept telling me you have to redo this every 10 years i'm like okay if you have another 50 years you could do this five more times than have all these surgeries every 10 you know like that's not going to be good right yeah, not to freak anybody out that has them, but like, is that, do you have to get them done? No, I every think time? anyone
2: who has them, like, and you love them, great, have them. I'm, I'm not here to like, be like, oh my God, I just, I'm just talking about my own thing.
0: But it's not like changing a veneer or something every 10 or 20 years. It's like, you have to rip no, your body open tire. Mm-hmm. every, you know, time yeah. you do it.
1: Yeah. I definitely thought like, I don't want to keep doing that. And yeah, I mean, I have friends that are sick. I hope that they eventually get theirs out. I've also noticed there's I've gone like kind of far into this, but there's uh, the brand Allergan and then the brand Mentor. I have noticed that my friends with Mentor are kind of better off than my Allergan friends. Huh. I had Allergan.
2: Huh. I don't know what I had. I have to look into that. interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Well,
0: the doctor showed me too when you were out or when you went, he like showed me a video that he filmed of the capsule when they take everything out and what it looks like. Like mm-hmm. to your point, like it was not appealing. It didn't get you hard? <laughs> no, it was not a. Oh, like the w-
1: hamburger thing around the implant. Just
0: like all that, but then it's like he lot. said, there's like this film that can come and leak out into it. And he was like showing me.
1: Yeah, it's your body, like that hamburger thing that they cut off. It's your body, like rejecting it. It's your body forming scar tissue and just like tr- trying to protect itself against this foreign body to
0: wall it out from the rest of your system. Yeah.
2: You did not like the fat transfer. Why? Well, after I had the explant, I
1: thought... I don't know. I She said, oh, I like the tissue to be healthy and then you can come back for a fat transfer if you want to. And I, after six months. And it was two years later and I just thought, oh, maybe like I should put something there, you know? Just so I... Went and got a fat transfer, and it was a a terrible experience. Why? It hurts, and I lost, like, half the blood in my body and had to go to the ER and get a blood transfusion. Getting fat taken from, like, everywhere in your body, just recovering from that is so painful.
2: Why did you have to get a blood transfusion? So in
1: order to get the fat, the doctor fills you with a lot of fluid. So you look, like kind of big and swollen and so that they they can they can get the fat easier so you have all these little holes all around your body and after the doctor this particular doctor left the holes open so that the fluids could drain out and so the whatever could could drain I guess the fluids could drain out but then blood's also draining out so that all what happened and then my period was like the same weekend, so I just bled out and ended up needing a blood transfusion. So I, I definitely do not recommend the fat transfer, but it's definitely better than putting in the implants. I think.
2: And after that experience, Yikes. are you are you like are after that? Are you just you said on your Instagram? You are like I'm done. Like this is me.
1: Completely done. Completely done. And anyone that you don't want to be in a relationship if. You know, if they don't like you the way you are, then it's not your person.
2: How has dating after all of this, you mentioned like early on, but how has it been later on? Now that you've had all these revelations, you're in therapy, like you're doing your own thing, you have your own book. How is dating now, like today?
1: It's better now. As you know, recently it's better. But I think having to kind of start that process at 31, I think it was, was hard. So I had to go through, you know, bad relationships and red flags and, you know, seeing them as green flags or giving people a year when they deserve, like, a month of my time.
2: (laughs) I just saw this thing on, on Instagram, and it was so good. The guy's like, why are you waiting a year or two years when you see red flags in two weeks? Yes. If you see the red flags in two weeks, get the fuck out of the relationship then and there. Why are you giving it another two years? Nip the red flags in the bud right away as opposed to wasting one to two to three years of your life.
0: This can going to be a TikTok clip and everyone's going to be mad in the comments because you know, people in the red flag relationships are going to be triggered.
2: I <laughs> hope they get out of the red flag relationships.
1: I mean, I, like I'm so, now I'll, I'll like FaceTime people because I'm like, I don't want to even waste my time.
2: Like you'll get their energy before you go yeah. on a date. That's a good tip. Like, that is a good tip. That's a good tip. FaceTime him.
0: In the beginning, were there guys there that were maybe there for the wrong reasons? Not even just because of who you were, but because of who you had been with? Are there guys like um, opportunistic guys or just weird guys that are coming around because...
2: I think I've been
1: doing a good job of weeding those kind of people out.
2: Good for you. Where are you at right now with how you want like the next five years to go? Like, Who are you now? Like, Separate from the Playboy Mansion, separate from everything you've been through, being married for 10 i mean with him for 10 years where yes. where are you now like what's the future for crystal now
1: i think now you know i'm on a good trajectory i'm just doing me i'm single and happy and yeah i bought some properties over in hawaii so Ooh. i've been kind of right. just going back and forth yeah when i was at the mansion and making some money there i started investing in houses and found you know a real love for real estate and so I'm developing and flipping houses and it's, it's a lot of fun I add a lot of like natural elements into the homes so just grounding natural vibes you're
2: Like <laughs> no silicone is in this
1: house. Bitch. <laughs> I know and I won't even like use a toothpaste that has fluoride or
2: <laughs> I, I I'm on the same vibration I especially after you get them out you're like get all this shit away from me yeah just don't want it anymore in your book what can people find that they will be shocked by? Like, give us a little, a little preview and then where they can find your book.
1: I think they'll be surprised at what was the hardest for me to write. And those are all the scenes that involve sex or death.
2: I'm really excited to read your book. Everyone can find it on Amazon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's on it's everywhere. And I have a website, onlysaygoodthings.com. And you can all the links are there.
2: Only say good things. I'm going to think that Hugh Hefner used to tell you to only say good things.
1: Yes. So um, he put me on his foundation as the vice president. Now I'm the president.
2: <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> an interesting gig.
1: Yes. So I'm still on his foundation. And he told me that when he's gone, he wants me to only say good things about him.
2: And I said I would. And so is the book only good things? No. <laughs> I broke my promise and... I
0: think you talked about his balls, Lauren, on this, old balls. I and said it. Uh, she didn't say yeah, it. But I didn't say anything about balls. that <laughs> fault. I mean... When I go, Lauren, I want you to say, no matter how old I am, that my balls were always young. <laughs> Let me tell plump. you
2: something. Everything's fair. So, you know, maybe I might sag one way or the other, but I you're going to sag listen, too. I say, listen,
0: handshake, I will <laughs> say that they were always firm and perky for the end of your day. Your balls. No, no, you're, I'm talking about you. Oh,
2: okay,
0: boobs. okay. <laughs> I'm saying we're making the agreement that like we're going to hold that. So if anyone digs me up, they're like, listen, don't have, you don't have to look at that guy. He was always...
2: That's a great name for a book though. Only Say Good Things. I could actually, I feel like, I, I mean, I didn't know him, but I could see him saying that.
1: Yeah. Since then, I think it's important to tell the story from someone else's perspective. I think Hef has controlled the narrative for so many <laughs> years and I think it's time for people to know more stories of you know other
0: people well think about how much juice that guy had on everybody because he had all <laughs> these people going over there and all these different positions of whatever they're in power whatever and they're all partying I mean he probably I mean that guy he had the, he had the, the information he definitely did
2: I do think one thing that's so interesting about him though is he you can tell he was so concerned about how the public viewed him and he was so obsessed with what you just said, controlling the narrative. So it doesn't surprise me that he said only say good things. It's like he couldn't fathom that there was anything but good things. Like he, co- he almost couldn't take it. His ego couldn't take it. Correct. <laughs> Crystal, I think you're amazing to come on here and share your story. Where can everyone find you and follow you and see what you're up to and look at your new evolution on Instagram and buy your book?
1: Uh, only Say Good Things dot com for the book crystal hefner on instagram and all social media until that last name changes back
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're waiting for the last name to change
1: it was actually like the huge machine of the mansion that changed it to hefner so i'm not really quite sure how that process works but
2: it's hard to get your I'll instagram handle changed i do know that i know
1: it's, it's like easy. all one thing
2: I, those are like so many of my comments hey, why are not you change your name back <laughs>
0: Maybe somebody on Instagram will like, listen to this. Leave
2: me alone. <laughs> yeah, someone's on Instagram, reach out to Crystal. Crystal, thank you for coming on. Two things before you go. You can watch us now on YouTube. So you can go on YouTube, search The Skinny Confidential, and watch our entire episodes on your computer or TV. Also, you should know, Michael and I are doing a him and her newsletter. So basically, it's a him and her tip of the day, five days a week. And the tips are very specific, as you can imagine. And then we also have a monthly favorites. So basically, we collect all our monthly favorites, everything we've bought and used and tried and put it in one monthly newsletter for you. To sign up for that, go to shopskinnyconfidential.com and sign up for the newsletter. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.